0: Howdy, howdy. Hey, hey. Oh, I think I, I took Matt Mullenwag's intro. That's what he always says. But he's Texan as well, like you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm uh, sure. I'm, I'm now a Texan, the same way you're Scottish.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you speak like a Texan?
1: Not really. Okay, I lied. Basically, Texas <laughs> is a southern accent where you've got all day... To talk, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very, very chill, which I like. I like, I like the little bit of chill vibe. I was going to say, sometimes I get confused though. You, you really have a bit of Scottish pride or you just enjoy or revel in some weird Scottish idiosyncrasies. So sometimes I kind of forget that you're not Scottish. <laughs> oh Cause yeah. That's because you haven't so met a
0: proper Scots Scottish person. Okay. Fair, fair. Remember you understand what I'm saying. It's the giveaway.
1: That's great. That's great. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I'm
0: sitting through the storm Brendan right now. So if my if I cut out, then uh,
1: we can blame the weather. Probably
0: the the building fell over or something like that. Uh, you'll have to just finish. Oh, I'm the host, so you can't actually finish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I won't I know what to do.
0: Do a YouTube thing or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> just cut to commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or in the in the olden days, they'd show like the circular logo with like the black and white. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, in man. Denmark, they had an aquarium because there was only tv for like two hours back in the days the rest of the time they had an aquarium
1: yeah so in america they would they would play the national anthem at midnight and they would show the american oh. flag they would show the american flag flapping in the breeze and they play them and then they would just cut off that was it there's nothing on it that's one great yeah
0: exactly there's a children's channel or kids channel in denmark where they have one of the hosts just sleeping <laughs> all night so if you're tuning in at night it's just like this person in his pajamas in his bed sleeping
1: <laughs> he's showing kids what they should be doing yeah <laughs> that's great it's it's actually that's a lot smarter than like putting on the good putting on the good cartoons at 5 a.m it's what yeah. are you teach what are you teaching kids basically
0: yeah exactly oh. hey man uh congratulations on your uh on your recent uh success <laughs> yeah all right you know, your recent overnight success that's right
1: that's right it was only it depends how many it depends when you start counting but yeah it was it was overnight if you start counting like a month ago so
0: there's so much we have to talk about now and i'm really excited about it <laughs> um basically we're gonna do a whole series i think on like all the stuff you did with your old startup but do you want to do you want to tell maybe the the end of the story as of sure. for now at least
1: yeah <laughs> what happened yeah out of yeah, nowhere
0: man I oh, do not really yeah <laughs> yeah
1: it was, i was totally sup- i was shocked yeah <laughs> it was a complete surprise um i wish it was a surprise that'd be a great thing to suddenly wake up and get an email it's like
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> your start- hey, your I hope you're hey i hope it's okay with you i just sold your startup
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> to a german company or whatever that's right. Yeah. Um, no, so the, yeah, the, maybe the headline for those who didn't see it is uh, Risk Pulse was the company I co founded uh, in 2007. Um, and I won't start there. We'll do that later. But um, kind of starting around this, maybe starting when I joined TinySeed, I had already, by the time I joined TinySeed, I had already hired a CEO to replace myself at that company. And he had actually been working with the company for, um, Almost two years, and he was CEO for almost a year at that point. Previous to that, I was the CEO, and he was our chief strategy officer, which means he is doing sales and essentially learning everything that I know. So it was a really good um, what they call succession, where which I would definitely. Uh, this is a tangent, but you know, parenthetical, um, it's really good to have a replacement if you can can right i'll just say that um so i hired him in and uh wasn't originally thinking he would be ceo but he took over because i wanted him to that was a really nice transition and i got to essentially watch my duties and responsibilities shrink over the course of nine months or so and uh that was about april of last year the funny
0: thing is a lot of people already think you exited. Yeah, before this happened because you're so your role ended up being really passive right
1: yeah it did i mean my role ended up being passive i went to i mean i went to essentially part-time but mostly doing the whole just knowledge transfer and everything prior to april of 2019 but then come april 2019 i was still um helping you know maybe a few hours a week um advice and emails would come in where only I knew how to respond to them. I mean, after you work on something for a decade, you can't just totally draw a hard line. It's not that easy. But yeah, so I, um, anyway, around July, I, by July, I really had no more duties or responsibilities at my own company, but I still owned a significant percentage.
0: And then now you no longer own that. Part of your company anymore? <laughs>
1: That's right. Now, so now I now I don't own any uh, that part of it anymore. Um, I sold. Did he a
0: just go rogue? the new uh, CEO. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs>
1: no, he didn't. He didn't go rogue. So I was still on the board of directors uh, representing common shareholders, which is uh, one of the um, typical positions in a board is representing either common shareholders or preferred shareholders or being an independent board member. I was a common representative because I was one of the few common stock shareholders of the company and uh, the largest common stock shareholder at that point, um, even when I left. And so uh, it wasn't news to me that the company was going through a process. um, And it was a fundraising process slash M&A discussion and process. So we were kind of looking at all of our options, like what is it going to take to get to the next level? And what is our best way of getting to the next level? And... Um, ultimately the board decided that the best way to get to the next level was to be acquired by um a combination of private equity and a little firm called DHL based in based in Germany. so um so that that was really yeah, yeah that was I think I've heard about them. Yeah, yeah, the little yellow and <laughs> red trucks um they
0: knock my door sometimes.
1: Yes, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. So they um so that was a very I guess the highlight is that was just a very long and complicated deal, a uh, complex deal. I would say that, you know, without getting into any details, I can't share. It took a long time to figure all that out. That was, um, those discussions had started before I left the business. So by the time I joined tiny Seed, I knew that somebody was interested. Um, but it took, took many months of very hard work by our team of execs, um, the executive team at risk pulse and, <laughs> and all the companies involved to figure out, you know, the details and, um, And by details, I mean the many hundreds of pages of of legal documents. And, you know, it was I I learned a lot about acquisitions, too, which was um, I I think a little unfair. I mean, the unfair part is I didn't have to work on it full time. I was I was definitely helping, but it was very nice to actually not be a part of the day to day through that process, because, you know, it's like checking your stock ticker every hour you know, of watching the stock market go up and down. It's just nerve-wracking. So getting updates once a month was actually a really nice way to be like, okay, it's making progress. It's still an option, but I don't need to know every twist and turn because my stomach would have... <laughs> I, I don't know if my nerves could have handled it. So, um, But yeah, that concluded in December.
0: That is really great, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I'm really glad we can talk about it. And I think it'll make it probably easier for our listeners because you can you can be more transparent now and you can probably share you can probably better share what your plans are and how they're affected by this pretty significant thing that happened um so like when you in december one of your updates said that you hadn't been very productive lately on the product side (laughs) like now now we can talk about why that was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because uh, yeah, you exactly. had an
0: all-consuming thing going on that you couldn't really talk about.
1: Yeah, it was all-consuming. Couldn't talk about it at all, only with the team. And the consuming part was even though I wasn't working there, I mean, having been a founder and, work, and having built the business from scratch for the first 12 years, like there were just things that I knew that nobody else knew. And there were files that I could find. I mean, there was emails I could find that nobody else could find, like literally just it It did become my full time job for about a week or two, and I couldn't get anything done on Summit. and then, when I wasn't working on it actively, um, it was hard to focus. It was definitely, definitely it was definitely hard to focus like um yeah i have I have children. The closest experience that I've ever had to like that level of anticipation is like waiting for your child to arrive. You're like, is this when is this gonna happen? Is everything okay? And obviously it's very different, but it's actually not that different. Like psychologically, it's still a very high level of suspense.
0: And it's, it's a life changing thing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, You know, it wasn't an aqua hire. I think I can say that Um, it was very much a technology acquisition. Obviously the team is doing well. Sales have been really good. So it was, it was really a, a deal based on the strength of the team and the strength of the business and the strength of the technology. And so that means that for me it was in the life-changing category of acquisitions, and um, that means I just had to. I mean, you, you just end up spending time thinking about, you know, <laughs> what does this change? Like, what do I do? What do I do now? And what what do I do differently now? Actually, like as we we're about to record this episode, I was kind of thinking, you know, it, your values don't change. I hope, um, and mine certainly didn't. But you you have the opportunity to rethink. The how, like how am I going about things? Because before I went about things in a certain way because I had to. Now I have more options. Do I still want to do them the same way I was doing it before? And so, you know, that that opened up a whole can of mental worms. (laughs) And uh, and mental worms, yeah, disgusting term. But I mean, (laughs) it it was like you're, 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 I mean, that's how you, your brain just starts moving and turning and thinking, and you're like, oh my gosh, what let me rethink everything. The only thing I can say, the bright, the, the, the nice part of the timing of it being December is like, nobody can blame you for being disconnected for half of December. And that's, that's, (laughs) so once this all finished, I was so exhausted from an adrenaline standpoint and mentally, and even physically that I like, I just couldn't, and i had a good excuse it was like it's the holidays but the real reason was i've just been through the ringer so positive highs and lows so yeah that was um that was how 2019 ended for me unreal
0: that's incredible man big congrats so your trip to whistler was that was actually more of a bucket list item than you kind of like let us know last time you talked about it right
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That trip was planned in early December. (laughs) Very much in the timing with. I've been wanting to go on a ski vacation for like five years, and when you have a family of six and you want to go to a really great ski vacation, you're kind of like, maybe not this year. Um, But finally, I'm like, you know what? We're doing it. So um, yes, and we we got to celebrate the exit with uh, family, and it was great. You know, that was. Nice way to bookend that and, uh, just not, I don't know, just totally unplug, you know, that was yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really nice. That's amazing. <laughs> I think that's really awesome. <laughs> Last minute. I mean, it's a little, a little crazy for people, uh, for a family of six to plan a ski trip in two and a half weeks, but <laughs> it was, <laughs> but it was actually a nice distraction, once, once the deal was done, it was like cool. There's something else to do, and just kind of rolled right into it. So it was great, and um, yeah, to be able to share the, uh, I mean, to be able to celebrate with uh, family was was really awesome. So I I enjoyed that a lot. Won't be the last time we do something fun.
0: <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> awesome. So, so yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll talk a lot more about the whole risk pulse story soon. And we've mm-hmm. we've talked about like doing a whole series. Um, now we can actually tell the full story. Yeah. uh you've revealed the the final part, or it it unfolded. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think because a lot of people here haven't really, they don't really know much about the or in the bootstrapper community that we're part of. They don't really know like the story about Risk Pulse. Yeah. Um, obviously obviously there's a lot of war stories in there to be told um yeah a lot of great advice to take away from that
1: yeah if anybody wants to read about those bootstrapping days which really started for us in 2006 um, I wrote a couple of very long blog posts on my medium about that but um I had to stop writing those blog posts at some point because once the business (laughs) what what I mean you see this in the bootstrapper podcast we even listen to like once a business hits a certain level of success like it's really hard to keep talking about it openly. So there's kind of a, after like basically 2012 to 2019, that story hasn't really been told yet, but you can read about 2006, 2012, um, which is how long it took to do this thing, which is crazy. So where was the
0: first time you raised money?
1: 2012. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So So that changed the whole game, I guess. It did. Once we raised money, I stopped being very open about things and, uh, really just focused so much on the business. I mean, I stopped tweeting. I stopped stalking hacker news. Like I, I, I very much unplugged from all the online stuff and just said, I got to build this business now. So, um, so I disappeared, but I'm back.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And then now we get to hear, hear your crisp Yeti mic every week on this podcast.
1: (laughs) It's fun. I I love this podcast. I mean, I love doing it with you. It's, um, feels like I have a little window to just talk. And now I can talk about the reasons why I'm doing things the way I'm doing them, which is, like you said, is helpful.
0: I had two episodes this week where I was really thankful that we had the podcast. Um, first of all, it was someone who reached out to me about potential investment. And I was like, I, have you listened to the latest podcast episode? Because I think you should listen to that because it gives you some good context about like sort of where I'm at and what I'm thinking about these days. Mm. um so that was really awesome and then with the with the new hire um that i'm bringing on he's basically going through all the podcast the back catalog i think and it's just a, such an awesome way to basically get up to speed on at least the the public facing part of the the discussion and the thoughts and
1: planning yeah, yeah. that's great uh yeah completely agree i i often wonder how many folks are out there listening that I, I mean i haven't met yet obviously i haven't met most of the listeners but i mean the, microconf should be fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah hopefully we'll meet a lot of people from the from the audience yeah yeah so are you uh, are you back in the groove are you plucked back in are you able to think about uh, the business that you're currently working on and uh, <laughs> has anything changed that you can talk about yeah, the way I, you think about it, because it must change the way you think about Summit as well. And I'm curious to know basically how how this affects Summit.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it it's changed some things. It hasn't changed others. So the things it's changed are, um, well, maybe let's talk about like the, the last 30 days. I really did take a step back and just think through, you know, what are the resources I have? What's the what's the pressures I have? I mean, one thing it did do is it took away any pressure to raise money um, yeah. right away. I mean, it's not that I want to, I don't actually want to self-fund this thing because I think investors can be very valuable. I think raising money from other people is obviously a great way to de-risk a venture in a sense. Um, and frankly, unless they're angel investing, a lot of times it's not their own money either. So there's this world that wants to take big risks. And actually, one thing I realized was, you know, I take a lot of risks with my career and what I do in my professional life, with my job. Um, I don't have a stable job in the traditional sense. So anything I gain from my job, I'm more inclined to treat that as my, you know, my savings, my security, rather than my, hey, let me take some risks with this so I can get ahead. And I think that's kind of the opposite of a lot of folks. Obviously, they're working in Stable jobs, and so they're investing in the stock market or whatever things have high risk, high reward in the public sense. Um, I'm not as inclined to be that way. Like my my stock market, if you will, my high risk, high reward is my job, (laughs) and my my security blanket. My you know what I'm counting on is whatever I get from that. So so what does that mean? That means that although I'm starting a startup, I'm I'm unlikely to. Invest heavily in my own startup because, you know, I I think there's people who have an appetite for that level of risk. And um, I'm a founder, right? I'm not yet an investor, professional investor. (laughs) Um, So I'm still in the founder role. And so my founder hat on, I think about raising money for Summit. And I'm still going to raise money from outside investors. Um, But, you know, I do have a little bit more. Time now to not worry about you know. Well, I have to raise on whatever terms people give me, or you know, I have to raise this money by this date. I'm not worried about that anymore. So it does, it did allow me to pause for a little bit longer and think through like what's the what's the right amount of money to raise? What's the best instrument to use to raise the money? What kind of incentives do I want to use for? certain investors and who do I want to invest in this business rather than just any investor that is interested. You know, I can be more, can be a little more selective because I have, I don't have that pressure. So I think I'm going to use the pressure to allow me to be long-term smarter about this round, but I'm not going to, you know, lead and cover the round myself because I'm not, I am not a professional investor myself yet. Although hopefully one day I'll get there. Um, So it's, uh, it's changed how I think about things um, and it's changed my approach a bit. But fundamentally, the values are the same. The mission and vision of Summit is the same. And what I want to do with the business this year is the same. So I want to build a revenue-generating, sustainable, profitable SaaS business. And I think it's the kind of business that has great opportunity because it's a category-defining product, potentially. Um, but none of that's new.
0: That makes total sense. And I think you're in a rare situation because when a lot of exits happen, people, we talked about this last time as well, I think, but they find themselves in this kind of empty space where they're looking for what to do now, what, what what's the next thing, but you kind of already transitioned into the next thing. So yeah. when the exit happened, it's just like, kind of like extra fuel, <laughs> Uh, on your next thing that you already have decided that you're working on. So I think that's a pretty unique situation to be in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The timing is good. I mean, I, I didn't, I'd love to say I planned it, but that would be absurd. Um, 10 years in the making didn't plan the time, but I like that the timing's good. I mean, going out to raise of funding now, I, I mean, I'll be really transparent. It's an easier story to tell, you know, about who I am, where I came from, why I'm doing what I'm doing, when you can say, my last business was acquired and now I'm working my second one versus, well, my last business is still going. I don't work there anymore. It just leaves a lot of open questions in people's minds, which aren't bad. But then you have to give these long yeah, nuanced yeah. answers. So, you know, humans have a finite capacity for narratives that are simple or complex and they prefer simple. So the simple story now is first startup acquired, working on my second, you know, yeah, turn yeah. the page. Turn the page. <laughs> so, Yeah.
0: That's a lot of things. Very interesting. I'm excited to see see what what happens next.
1: Me too, man. Me too. <laughs> so, and I I will say, I'm meeting with some investors this week, and I'm going to raise a I'm going to raise a round of funding. Uh, thinking about using convertible notes, and um, kind of starting that fundraising process in earnest this week. So we'll see where we get to, and want to finish it by March ish.
0: Nice. Is yeah. your maker back in gear again? or?
1: It is. I So <laughs> the kids went back to school last Tuesday. We got back from the trip on Sunday. The kids went back to school on – one of them went back to school on Tuesday. The other three went back on Wednesday. So I really only had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday um, to work. And Wednesday was like just a total transition day. Thursday I had some personal stuff come up because um, we're actually looking at uh, buying a house, which is – Exciting. So that day kind of got consumed. So it was like what I was literally sitting here going, how do I get myself in gear? (laughs) Like after after this. It's just the crazy. It's like coming back after a huge holiday. Like, what do you do? So what I did is I said, Okay, I need quick wins. I don't I don't want to get in there with a bunch of heavy code and try to like lift a mountain. So I just went into my intercom messages. And I just like responded to six or seven things that had come in over the holiday break, which were minor, like nobody's hair was on fire. It wasn't terrible stuff. But I was like, hey, how come this number? So I went through and I just resolved like six, quote unquote, tickets. And by the end of that, I was like, OK, I've got my my desktop is correct. I'm logging into my admin screens again. I'm working with the product. I'm responding to customers like I got in my harness again, which felt really good. I was like, OK, this is a good way to end the week because now I can start Monday like Let's code, you know. Um, I did look at some code. I actually fixed a bug on Friday, but I figured that was the easiest way to like, given what happened in December. I was like, I need some easy way to like transition back into harder work.
0: Yeah, I always use bugs for that as well. Yeah. It's like, you know exactly kind of what you need to fix and you can write a test for it even. Then Mm -hmm. you just kind of like got to do it and then you get a deploy and it's just, you deploy it and you get, the little deployment count goes exactly up what and I did. Uh, it yeah. just feels really good.
1: Yep. That's exactly what I did. So that felt good uh, deployed and it all tests passed, green, including the new ones. And it worked, it fixed the stuff and I'm, I'm happy. And I've actually got a roadmap for January where there's like one major object, a goal or key result for the quarter is like really easy. It should only take a couple of days and then like a huge one. So I'm just going to very next thing I'm going to do is like that two day key result where it's like, have this email go out. Like, that's, that's the next thing I'm gonna do. And then I'm, hopefully then I'm at cruising. And altitude. you're halfway done. <laughs> then I'm halfway done, if only things were measured that way, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how about you, man? Um, yeah, I've got, got a l-
0: lot of stuff going on these days. A lot of uh, juggling, a lot of balls, but uh, it's all fun. Um, so the the new guy is gonna start on Monday. So in a week, cool. And then the week after, he'll come to Spain and meet me because I'll already already be down there. And then, so I kind of like talked to him about starting a week before Spain. So we basically, my nightmare was that we were going to spend all the time in Spain getting um, the code base set up and running his laptop. Yeah, Um, Yeah. that's kind of like not what I want to spend my time on down there. Um, And yeah, I've started to um, to kind of like think about what i want to do for the first few weeks um kind of like i'm even like i'm writing down a lot of stuff i like i kind of want to like communicate to him and like talk to him about like mm-hmm. i have sort of like the short term vision what i'm working on right now i have a longer term vision for the product and i have a a long term like kind of like way that i see this thing what i see it grow into and i think it's important like pretty quickly to kind of get him on board with that and so he can start to think about that as well um yeah so i'm pretty excited about that i'm also just really looking forward to two weeks in spain and getting a lot of work done and having fun down there yeah Um,
1: yeah that's great i mean one one thing i learned from one of my partners at risk pulse was like you can take a very proactive approach to how you use that time and how you structure that time and like thematically how you use that time and like this is whiteboard time. This is like when we would do team retreats essentially, it was um sometimes it felt like overkill, like maybe overmanaged, but you can actually budget in just like, hey, this is relaxed time. But anyway, I obviously it's great if you maximize that time with him, which I'm sure you will.
0: Yeah. We're also I asked him if he was up for taking a personality test. Um I've taken the sixteen personalities before mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly what I think about it, but I do know that it it is helpful to some extent. And I'll take it again. And I think, especially when it's someone you don't know, just at least it'll give you a, like a starting point to talk from. Oh, yeah. we ha- Like, this is the kind of person you are according to this test and according to your own answers. And it's, I mean, it doesn't necessarily tell you the truth, um, but at least it's a starting point. And you can like, kind of like, go from that and then into like scenarios that you could potentially like, or like try to be proactive about, uh, with that, when, when it happens, uh, yeah. in the business. I,
1: I would love to give a shout out to the Enneagram personality test as well. Um, what I like about that one, it, I would use both, um, cause there's no, hopefully no personality test religion going on here. But what I liked about that one is, uh, you like read nine descriptions or per, per, personalities defined, and then you just say which one resonates the most with you. And yeah. it's really what I like about that one is you don't just get your own test results, if you will. But like by reading the other ones and hearing somebody say they resonate with that, you're like, wait, what? Like, are you kidding me? Like that? That? that's how you feel? Like that? Yeah. Uh, wow. So like you can you can learn about other people really well with that one, which I think is a that's the part of the goal.
0: In university, uh, when I went to business school, that's actually how they put us in, in groups. Oh. We had to do the Enneagram. And then um, when we we're, <laughs> were working on group projects, and then... So yeah, I was, I was put together with someone who finishes things. <laughs> Tell you oh. sure about what kind of, what, what kind I am. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a nine if anybody is familiar. So I'm, a, yeah, I'm very much a nine. I don't remember nine. the
0: numbers, but I remember that it was important to put me with someone who's going to finish all the stuff I leave. Yeah. <laughs> 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 leave stuff,
1: leave stuff in your wake uh, type. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. Well, so, that sounds, um sounds like you're taking a leadership mindset about how to, start your engagement with him which is great yeah
0: I I'm excited about that and um, yeah it's gonna be fun to it's gonna be a completely new situation to be in so that's gonna be fun um yeah then there's the whole writing gig I've been talking about I think I might hire a new writer okay um, the only thing I can say is um uh, it's my app <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm able to see if people log into my app or not mm-hmm. um, and then I'm not going to say more than that
1: the end yes yeah um, Trans- <laughs> transition like,
0: like you um, I've been thinking about fundraising as well um, mm-hmm. and I said last time that I was actually going to wait a bit with it um, but I have had a little bit just a tiny bit of inbound interest from different people mm-hmm. Um so I thought, like, you should probably race when you can. Um, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. I have talked to people who said that I should, like, they had opinions about, like, how much I should raise and stuff like that. But the thing is, one way I can go about it is raise some money from people who are asking me right now if they can invest and that knows, they already know me. Um, they maybe listen to the podcast and then kind of, like, just see what that amounts to. And mm-hmm. if that solves like the problems I have <laughs> right now mm-hmm. or I could go out and try to find more people um, and do like an actual round uh, of raising money. But that's like a whole different situation where it's going to require a lot of my time. Um, and time is like my most valuable resource right now, um, mm-hmm. which is obviously also why I'm trying to buy more time. Of course, I understand that. Um But yeah, it's just I have a lot of things going on right now and I want to spend as little time as possible on this fundraising stuff. And it's not like I'm running out of money right now. Um, But yeah, it's something I'm thinking about. So like a tiny group of people who already like knows me pretty well or is like comfortable investing just based on like listening to the podcast and reading maybe investor updates if they're on my email, um, investor emails and or have known me for a while and then you know doing a convertible note kind of thing like you mentioned i think that's the ideal situation for me right now and then <laughs> i can worry about money more when i need it more maybe
1: um, yeah yeah the nice thing about a convertible note is and this goes back to um paul graham's high resolution fundraising post that he wrote uh almost 10 years ago now september 2010 but he talks about how um you you then have the flexibility to, you know, take twenty five thousand, fifty thousand dollars, whatever it is, immediately and change the terms on the next one. If you, you know, let's say that buys you six months. Like you're not gonna spend six months raising, but like when somebody comes around to give you more money, you can either use the same terms or you can adjust them slightly because you've made more progress. And you're not sitting there going, have to somehow corral all these people together at the same time it's just a bad idea so i mean obviously safes is another way that people do this these days but i i like notes better and we could talk about that in another episode
0: yeah i've been reading up on safes um apparently they've changed quite a bit um since last time i looked at them but yeah the thing i worry most about is this is mostly friends um and i think it's maybe harder to understand what you get when you when you do a safe because it doesn't have a maturity date, mm-hmm. um, and I think a convertible node is just easier to understand.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I, it's it, it I'll, this is something I would love to talk about in the future. So I'm going to kind of bookmark it here. I do think that some of the things that have been invented in the fundraising in the funding space, the instruments, right, the terms, like the coaching that we've gotten as entrepreneurs in the last say 10 years about how to raise money, they were they were sold as entrepreneur founder friendly, but the reality is is they're so they're so quote-unquote friendly that it it does kind of put you on a certain path. Like it's friendly if yeah. your goal is To be a unicorn, right? Yeah. But it's not friendly if your goal is something else. And so there's a lot of assumptions baked into fundraising strategy advice where you you have to go a level deeper and say, what assumptions are you making about where I'm trying to go with this business before you tell me what kind of terms to use or notes to use or not to use or any of that?
0: Yeah. And I think for the kind of company I'm building, like the valuable thing to have is probably shares (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and not like... A safe where it depends on like having a big fund, like raising a big round later on, or having a big exit. Um, But like the most like bulletproof way to make money from being a part of my company is probably to own shares in it, Um, because then you also get dividends um, if there are any. And I think a convertible note convert eventually is like the easiest way for me right now to let someone buy shares in my company. Mm-hmm. Um so yep. yeah. It just makes yep. sense.
1: Yeah, the, th- the 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 quick advice I would say is just take the amount you're thinking of raising and multiply it by the interest rate a couple times and make sure that you know what that total amount is actually going to be when it matures. So worst case scenario, if your maturity is 18 months, do a year and a half of simple interest, right? If it's 24 months, do two years of compounding interest, right? And that way, you know, you're actually not raising, you know, 300, you're raising 324 or 358 or whatever the number is. Um, That's one thing. But yeah, I agree. It, It also allows you to not have to put a price on the business right now when it's really uncertain, right? And for the amount of money you're raising, I don't think, I don't know if anybody should be allowed to put a price on it, right? It's like, you know, people who put prices on things should be paying a lot more money,
0: yeah, I think it's it's people who want to be part of it, and yeah. it's not they don't want to be part of it because the valuation is this or that. Like they want to be part of it because because they they like what I am doing. I think, and I th- that's think great. Kind of like Those, where I am at, yeah. where I am at right now. I think I am close to having enough money for me and another person to work at least for a year. Um, but yeah, I am talking to a few people to see if you can get like maybe a couple of... 25k check checks more than that and then we'll see yeah i still there's still a lot of stuff i need to figure out but i think so looking positive is what i want to say about it
1: great that's great yeah,
0: yeah. and then on the maker front um completely not completely unrelated but not what <laughs> i should probably be spending my time on right now i spent all weekend from like 7 in the morning to 10 in the evening. Um, building a prototype for a serverless WordPress hosting platform.
1: Oh, on the weekend where you told Maya, the, uh, your fiance, that I'm not going to work, right? I, I proudly announced at like
0: seven in the morning when I woke up that I'm not going to work this weekend. And then I was oh, reading yeah. about Google Cloud on my on my phone and she's like, what's Google Dangerous. Cloud run? <laughs> it, it looks like work. <laughs> Is that a movie we're going to go
1: see this <laughs> afternoon?
0: <laughs> yeah so uh but that thing is really awesome and it's so hard for me not to do more with it right now um but i'm trying not to get too excited about it because i have a lot of other things to do but like as you said when i told you about it it's kind of like a vertical vertical integration of what i already have Mm -hmm. because you have a built pipeline and then potentially a place to deploy it and right now that is just other hosting companies um but there are really cool things you can do in a serverless environment with wordpress and it's a lot more cooler than i actually think or uh, that i actually thought it was Hmm. um so i'm i'm really excited about this i'm gonna keep playing around with it and then i'll try to like prevent myself from turning it into to an actual product because that's that's not what i need to spend my time (laughs) on right now yes Um, (laughs) have another product remember that i need to um yeah yeah it will be the same product basically it's it'll basically just turn branch into more of a Netlify instead of a Travis or CI, Because Netlify okay. has the build component as well and then also the deployment component.
1: Well, you, you are still in the value hacking stage to use Mike Maple Jr.'s uh, definition of things. And I think yeah. experimenting with what you can do is still appropriate for this phase. And yeah,
0: then we're talking to April Dunford later today, um, the author of Ob- Obviously Awesome, um that's yeah i got myself one of the hot seats i think um which is really exciting because one of my main projects this quarter is to work on my positioning so we're going to call in april dunford and see see if she can help me out that's pretty awesome i think
1: that's that is awesome i yeah i can't wait to hear how it goes i actually will be having lunch with an investor uh potential investor in my next round i didn't realize this meeting was i think this got booked after um I set that up, but I can't wait to hear how it goes.
0: Yeah. I think it was a last minute thing and it's not our usual tiny seat call day. Um,
1: but when you can get April, you do it. Cause I think she had like 50 speaking engagements this year.
0: Yeah. She's just blown up, blown up. It's just insane to see she's everywhere.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I actually got to meet her at business of software. She was one of the speakers, um, this past fall in in Boston. So, um, super cool in person i'm sure the face-to-face will be great and she good at thinking on her feet and funny as heck so also just like a it's a really fun person to talk to um just very entrepreneurial like she gets it what it's like to be an entrepreneur she has a lot of big corporate experience but she's also very um she gets it. she's an entrepreneur as well and also through and through so yeah that's gonna be great can't wait to hear how it goes
0: and she's like a PhD in computer science, so I won't have to explain to her what a CICD team is. <laughs> she's a polymath for sure. Yeah. And then after this call, I have a call with um with um another f- potential freelancer who's going to work with me. It's a part of my um student freelancer war um army that I'm building um so it's another student who kind of wants to work with me on branch um and there is some really like uh, the stuff i was building when i was 17 year old like it wasn't mm-hmm. too, it wasn't great stuff but like what these guys are building is pretty incredible like yep. i i guess it's because they've been playing minecraft since they were eight years old or something like that
1: <laughs> yeah 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 no, i mean i i I think you're right that's the new way of it that's like the the cool the i don't know how cool they were but the kids who were doing pascal or you know basic when you know when i was a kid and i was not i I was playing games and building stuff but i wasn't coding until i was in college but yeah you're right that's it's amazing um that's cool how are you finding these folks it's uh it's just like um people following
0: me on twitter and we talk back and forth and then this guy I'm talking to, he saw the tweet about hiring and he's like, I'm a student. So like, I'm not going to be the one you hire, but like, if there's anything I can help with, like I he just migrated a project to exactly the stack I'm going to work with. Um, sweet. I'm like, if you want to work on that, that, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. Eventually these
1: guys will be out of school as well. I wonder if that was the same tweet I saw where somebody was saying their dream stack was Laravel view, uh, uh, a lot of help us. Inertia, inertia, inertia JS and yeah. yeah exactly a lot of yeah. people said like, that yeah it was like a it was, it just went around it like it was like contagious like yeah. you said something like that and then somebody else and then I this was like a third so I was like okay this is the new lamp I guess <laughs> yeah I think it is <laughs> it will be cool. nice um, the the prototype for the
0: hosting platform I'm also like using all the new cool stuff just to play around with it so it's like my it's not my staging environment but it's like before the staging environment i get to play with it on like a test project and then i can use it on branch
1: that's cool i I will not allow myself to play around with any more stuff until i get done what my goals are but i I still want to play with view that's my the first thing i'm going to play with after i get the premium version launched
0: yeah i don't know i found out that the secret to hiring is using the coolest stuff you can
1: <laughs> well, it's one strategy. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one. It's one strategy. You're going to catch a certain kind of fish with that bait. You can also pay people a lot, <laughs> but I can't afford that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. There, that's another one. Yeah, on and this, then you can also uh, all our yeah, listeners yeah. invest in branch. I'll, 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 I'll mention if, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you can also hire people who are willing to work on other stuff, but they're like junior, and this is like their this is their opportunity to prove themselves. But then you have to mentor them a lot and whatnot. And like that requires a whole separate team. So that sounds like this might work for you. I hope it.
0: I should introduce sounds. a new role instead of junior. That's just student engineer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or child labor. Um, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I was going to say like above the legal <laughs> limit to work age uh, engineer. Like that's a long title. What does that stand for? Uh, a <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think this show has to end now. It is ending when we do something illegal. Per, yeah, good idea. <laughs> All, All right, right, Peter. Awesome, man. Talk to you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye.